Oh, sorry, I was muted. Hello, everybody. So we are somehow three days out from Thanksgiving, right? Three days, two days. Uh, it's a mess. But I wanted to make sure that one, I taught you guys a little tool going into the following, not just this week, but the holiday season in general. Until like New Year's, we are in the thick of it. It kicks off with Halloween every year. At least, I don't know. For me, I feel like it kicks off with Halloween because it's like the first little kink in the armor, right? Where it's like, okay, candy out the ass, celebrations, plans, kids being excited, like lots of justifications for things. And then it leads right into Thanksgiving where it feels like it's an unavoidable carb fest, right? Then it feels like it goes into the hall, like, you know, the December holidays where it feels like it's party after party or commitment or try this, I made it, you know, and it's just a mountain of shit that we act like we have to get through until the end of the holiday season. Who feels me on that? Who can commiserate there? Get the chat open. Halloween is the start of the downward carb spiral. Yeah. It's like every year, right? It's like, um, and not for nothing. I see it change in terms of how many enrollments and applicants that we have. We get hit with a rush every January. When I tell you there are sick ass people that I'm talking to and I'm hearing them say things like, well, I just got to get through the holidays and then I can worry about this. It's like as if it's synonymous with the timing of the year, like we can't have it all. Why can't we have it all? Why can't we feel good and have a good holiday? Why can't we enjoy and get through them? You know, like, so the idea that we are at the mercy of this time of year, that is, that is diet culture mindset. It's just about choices here. There is no phase that exists. There is no time frame that we're in. There is nothing besides what we assign to this time. The emotions that we feel are taking over this time period, the, the mindset we have about food, all of those are decisions. They don't exist as some law or rule. It's just society. So if we're in the place of I'm going to create my life according to what's best for me to live it, I think the holidays should have that same kind of approach because it shouldn't be a time that you feel like, oh, I'm just going to be sad and half happy because I have to eat quinoa and kale. Like if you last throughout the holidays without even so much as wanting a bite of pie, I would venture to say, or maybe not pie if you don't like pie, but like a, a bite of forbidden food of any kind. I would venture to say that that's disordered. Like it's not even about discipline at that point. That even like at my height of my disordered thinking and eating, I took pride in how it seemed like I didn't want food. That's a very toxic thing and toxic place to be in. You know, um, so going into the holidays, I want to start out by saying, we're going to go over all the questions you guys asked. We're going to go over different ways to keep yourselves focused throughout the holidays because there are tons more things to wade through. That's legit. But at the end of the day, every single person who listens to this, watches this video, whatever, you are in control of how you feel about your days, what you do during your days, how you live your life, how you view yourself. All of that is within your control, even though it's like the most chaotic time of the year for anyone trying to balance their hormones. Okay. So we're just going to work on now. How do we build up that feeling of being in control and present? Right. So no one's expected to know that yet, but can we all agree that this has sounded pretty close to home in terms of the mindset this time of year? It's like some phase we've entered. Some mist has settled amongst the town and has consumed us, right? Like, no, it's just, 
there's more shit to eat, you know? Tell me your thoughts on that before we jump in. How does that connect with you going into this next holiday season? Oh, hi, Sam. Shameless dog plug. So let's see. There's more emotions with all the shit to eat. Yeah. It's all about wading through it, right? And just trying to learn some tools and stuff, but it feels like an exclusion from some memory making if we're not at the whim of the holidays. So let's talk about a tool first. I'm going to give you this tool. I mentioned it in my post. It's called Daily Direction. So, and Sam's right here licking my hand, by the way. If you see me petting him, I cannot, I can't not. So, um, daily direction. This is something very, very important. I want to challenge you guys to try this now. I know we're all, most of us in here got some ADHD, right? So, I'm not expecting us to be perfect at this. You might finish the Zoom. It sounds like a great idea. And the next thing you know, like it's gone from your consciousness tomorrow. I get it. But let's try our best. I want to challenge you guys to do it for just one week until our next Monday Zoom, all right? Every day, I want you to do the daily direction. And what you're going to do is you are going to think of two focuses for that day. One in terms of mindset and one in terms of health, like food, baby steps, health, like whatever it may be. Now, I don't mean thinking of, oh, my focus is today is to not eat as many carbs. And I don't mean my focus today is to be positive. I mean to get specific. So you wake up, you know, from day to day, how you feel about the day changes, the fires you're going to be putting out will change, you know, things that you're upset about will change. All of it changes from day to day. It's an, it's a fake idea of consistency to think that's not the case, but we feel different every day, Right. So that day in the morning, I want you to think about with what I got going on throughout the rest of the day, what do I need to stay focused on? And if that is carbs, then ask yourself, what's going to be the thing that requires the most focus is, are you worried about carbs? Cause you're going to a dinner that evening and you don't know what they're going to be having. Is it that you want to make sure you're eating throughout the day so that you don't go home and crave carbs at night? Whatever it might be, get specific on a step you can do, like something that you want to keep your eye out for, something that could potentially fuck you over that you want to specifically focus on for that day. And you want to do this for something physical and health related, like food or a baby step or emotional, like mindset. Okay, dog, you're really cute, but he can't even see you. And all you are is licking my hands and distracting me. Say hi, Sam. Okay, go over there. So stay. So thoughts on that so far. You're going to pick one physical one and one mindset one. Do you, do you see how badly he just wants to lick my hands? Stop. I know you're obsessed with me. So <laughs> I wish you guys had vision to see the, the look he's giving me. What's an example, you guys watching, what's an example of one health-derived focus for your daily direction? Going into this week, let's think, let's do, uh, you, you can use today as an example. Now that the day is done, looking back at it, if you were to sit this morning and pick one direction for health and one direction for uh, mindset, 
looking out this morning, what would you have picked? Focus on water intake. So that's good. And I would take that a step further and I would say, okay, when do I drink the least water? When do I, like, when do I have to watch out for this the most? By reminding yourself like what to get really specific on, if the rest of your day is chaos and all you do is focus on that one thing, you'll feel more together and in control getting through the chaotic period versus thinking like, oh, I didn't get you know completely annihilated by the busyness. You want to feel in control of what you're getting out of it. So Becca, if you were to think about like uh, water intake, what during the day makes it the hardest for you to focus on your water intake? Let's see. I missed the beginning, but stress levels for mindset and food, I would say eating enough protein during the day. Okay. So let's see. Um, before I, Becca, I get back to yours, Ash. So stress levels for mindset, get specific on that for today, because remember, you're not doing this on general for the time period. You're only picking for looking out for the rest of today. Do you have meetings coming up? Do you have a tough client? Do you have a family dinner you're dreading? You know, like picking out, like for example, Thursday. Thursday, my focus will be, how do I get through a dinner without getting triggered by my father for getting some important detail I've definitely told him a million times? Specific, <laughs> you know? Um, how do I, okay, so for tomorrow, tomorrow's Tuesday, um, focus for mindset will be to not be tough on myself that I'm behind on this desk order and to focus on just seeing what I can do and get it done. And then for a physical, like a health one tomorrow would probably be not to forget to take my uh, supplement, my NAC that I'm starting to take that I just, it's a very hard habit with ADHD. If I don't take it right in the morning, I forget. So like, that's my focus for tomorrow because today I took it and I want to continue with it. Um, so you see like, it's literally a guide for yourself, like a powwow with yourself in the morning to say, no matter how chaotic the rest of this shit goes, I am going to focus on these two things for myself because I'll still be better off than if I did not So Becca, now with work, with work, with the water, you could say to yourself, um, I'm going to have a water bottle in front of me at my desk at all times. You could say, um, I am going to think of one thing you do repeatedly at work. And after you complete that, have a drink of water, you know, like just come up with some kind of focus to make that happen. It's a little step farther than that. Let's see what I'm scrolling up. Yes. Day slash circumstance specific. That is, it is just to keep yourself present and grounded when we have a shit storm going on. If we just focus on, well, I don't want to let these two things, you know, like go, here's my effort for these two things today, day to day that might change, you know? And then also on a day where the shit's really hitting the fan for your health, it might just be eat once during the day, you know, like, and that's okay. That's really going to take effort for you to stick to that but at least, you know, that's your focus. Um, it might be get out of bed today, you know, like whatever the, the intensity of your focus, whatever it is, have it be dependent on where you're at that day, instead of trying to fight it and be, you know, efficient as hell all the time. Let's see mindset. There's plenty of time to do what I need to do today. Um, physical, make new dinner in line with baby steps. So I would say you want to think of it, not so much as like an affirmation, 
So if you wake up in the morning tomorrow and there's stuff going on all day, right? Think to yourself, what is potentially, what is a bad mindset I could have? Like not bad, but you know what I mean? Like a negative, like what could be a stressor today? What could be something that threatens my mindset for the day? And you want to plan for that specifically around it. So for mindset, I'm assuming that you get worried thinking that there's not enough time to do for what you got to do in the day. So what you could tell yourself is I'm going to focus on giving myself three major things to get done and then reevaluate what I have left. It's specifically speaking to the thing. So it's not just like you're hoping that you hold on tight. It's saying, here's my planned effort towards something I can see being an obstacle today in this current situation that I'm in. So you stay real focused. So, and then physical, make new dinner in line with baby steps. I like that one. So I would say to yourself, uh, maybe it might be overwhelming to think of a whole new dinner, but maybe like what's a protein side that you haven't made before or that you've made in the past and you like that counts, right? You make a dinner in line with the, with your baby steps, right? So be specific. Think I'm going to make, I'm just going to, I'm going to make ground beef for tonight, you know, whatever it is. Um, but maybe plan that out in the morning with yourself. You're right on the right uh, track with that one. Not being scared to indulge on food on Thanksgiving, foods with gluten. I'm get I'm getting into that after, like, I'm going to answer all the questions from the Facebook post right after this. But if you were to thinking about how to like, you're going to be conscious of gluten, right? What's one focus you could tell yourself with one thing having to do with gluten? Not the whole day, not a, I'm going to be gluten-free because that is, there's, that's like, you know, have you ever heard the phrase like wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up faster? <laughs> that's kind of like when we start these days with these goals, they're not really goals. They're just like standards we're placing on ourselves. But if you break it down into an actual thing you're going to do towards that outcome, then that's something you can physically focus on. It's a tangible. So it takes it from being a hope you want to accomplish and makes it into a task you're going to focus on for that day in light of your current situation. Kind of like you're trying to outsmart what might prevent you from that outcome. Does that make sense? Um. Nice. You made a crock pot meal. We love a crock pot meal. Okay. Uh, making keto donuts for Thursday breakfast. Oh my God. I love it. I, I do love, I love that it's baking season and that's not something I used to say. Right. And I'm not saying it because I'm deluding myself into thinking that like my substitutes are so much better. I'm just like really excited for a festive time to bake things, to eat and enjoy them. It shouldn't matter if it's almond flour or wheat flour in the item that causes that effect. So I'm like really pumped for this season because like, I don't know, it, it feels like a great time to just be sitting in front of a plate of cookies and enjoying them. Why not make them ones that don't make us like get the shits, you know, this is the season to not have the runs. So that's my thought on that. So my challenge to you guys, again, I understand I have ADHD. I understand if we get off the zoom and it is poof gone into the ether. But let's really try for one week until our next Monday Zoom. I want to challenge you guys to do a daily direction every morning. It takes minutes. It'll make you feel more pulled together. 
it'll make you feel like you have a better idea of what it is you're doing, not like you're failing at a goal because your day is chaos. I want you to pick out one focus for that day specific to that day. If you need any help doing this, reach out and text us. But I want you to really, really try and look back at the difference it makes for you after this week, especially with the holiday. Okay, so I need a good cookie recipe. Check out Pudge Page. There is a ton of old cookie recipes. Um, We're working on getting together a book. Yeah, I'm doing my holiday ebook. You know, what better than a couple of days before Thanksgiving to release that? But I'm going to somehow do an ebook. Um, and there's, but back in the day in Pudge Page, I was baking up a storm. Um, and there will hopefully be some really interesting updates come this spring in terms of what we offer you guys with food. So keep an eye out. But Pudge Page is all my good old traditional ones that'll probably just be regurgitated into the new ebook. You can probably find them ahead of me making the ebook if you just search Pudge Page. I miss the Milanos I've made in the past. Those are probably my favorite holiday swap. Who remembers when I made Milano sandwich cookies? So good. Okay, so let's get to these questions. Okay. How to deal with the holidays exacerbating trauma, specifically childhood trauma, death, grief, um, and grief from relationships lost or just being alone. This is a big one. Um, I think that unfortunately there are a lot of people in CCA that are having about to experience their first Christmas without someone that was really, really dear to them this year, especially, unfortunately. Um, and I think that this is a huge thing, whether it's like you said, whether it's trauma from just like childhood trauma, whether it's an abusive type of trauma or whether it's loss or just things changing, people getting sick, people getting older, people moving. Um, I think the holidays bring that up because of the nostalgia attached to them. And I I mean, there's definitely one-on-one things we can talk about as specific tools for how things that come up for you, like how they, how they manifest. But something recently I've worked on with my therapist in my trauma therapy that's just been ongoing. And it really felt like a big relief. I hope it's a relief to anyone who can relate is she said to me, for me, it's realizing memories that I had as a child that I loved were not quite what they seemed. And that throughout all of my child, my childhood trauma, because my childhood was a fucking nightmare. Um, those few happy moments that I held really near and dear to my heart, it was really hard realizing that they weren't quite what they seemed because then it feels kind of like something was taken away from you that you really cared about similar to like losing somebody that you had those happy memories with now, not having them there for those, those memories. It's just a reminder of, of missing them kind of like, it's a reminder every time I miss, you know, those childhood memories that, that, that that's not going to happen. It's no longer there. That's done. It's over. And she said to me, she said, you don't have to lose what that meant to you in the moment. You don't have to let go of the happiness you felt, the nostalgia you felt, all of those things. You can understand that that exists as its own individual thing and not let it change your view on those memories being as happy as they were. You could be sad because you miss them, because you love them, because you were excited to have them. 
and that you maybe at that moment, you didn't know that you wouldn't be always having those memories with that person, but it doesn't mean that it changes it from what you, what you take it into be just because the reality of the events are different or the reality of them happening again is different. Doesn't mean that it has to take anything away from you. That was happy. Um, I don't know that that entirely relates, but I feel like it was important to say it. This is like my, I don't know, little into intuition that comes into the picture there is just that that's kind of the nuance of grief of missing somebody is both loving the shit out of them and being desperately sad that they're no longer with you. And I think that if we let that cloud, the happiness that those memories did give us with those people, that that really just takes things away from us. When really the sadness and the happiness can exist at the same time for different reasons. I don't know if I said if that came out correctly, but I hope that it was helpful at all or comforting at all. In terms of trauma, like things that were that had happened to you, I think that like, again, that depends specifically on what those triggers are. But I think honoring those triggers and giving yourself freedom to say, if I need to take a step away, if I need to not be what someone else needs me to be right now as I'm feeling triggered, I'm allowing myself that right for this holiday. I don't care if anyone thinks I'm sensitive. I don't care if anyone thinks that I'm taking it the wrong way. I My lived experience is the one that matters and my feelings are valid. So if I need to take that break and that breather to have my own back this year, that's not a weakness. Um, it's easier said than done, but going into a situation where you're afraid of being triggered in and thinking like, I'm going to go in with this mantra of like, here's where my focus is, it helps. At least it feels like you prepared a little for the test, if that makes sense. Um, grief from relationships lost or being alone or whatever. I mean, yeah, people, it sucks. Like you see everybody having these like loving family, happy moments, you know, in couples or with, I guess like, you know, like easier going childhoods and families and stuff like that. Maybe no health issues. And it's something we want, right. That idyllic, like holiday scene, every movie we see, every, all the glittering lights, like it's the joy of the season. And then when we're alone, it leads you to feel like you reflect back on when you were with people in the past and how they're not here anymore. Not even in terms of like losing, in terms of like breaking up, moving on, things like that. Um, I think it's really easy to fall into that trap of feeling lonely or feeling like you've gone backwards in some way. But I would say that when you're feeling that loneliness to try and validate that feeling and then think about what it is you do want, what it is you do want to work towards what you want to strengthen in yourself, what you want in a partner. Um, being sad that something's not here yet is normal. Feeling like the sadness has to stop you from changing the course of action and what you get, that doesn't have to happen. We can have it all. We can be sad about what it is and feel lonely, but we can also say, this is what I'm working towards strengthening and fixing going forward because my life doesn't end right now that I don't have this. What am I going to do with the rest of that time on this earth? Things are bound to happen, but it's okay to be sad if they're not here right now in terms of, let's say, like a relationship or whatever, a partnership. So thoughts on that. Did that connect with anybody else listening to it? Is it hitting home for anybody else? Need anything clarified? Tell me in the chat, and I'm going to move on to this next question here. So navigating food as a way to experience the holiday. Okay, so kind of like what I was saying before. I 
made it a point to like my prep for this holiday season was not to keep myself from eating the other things. I think if you approach substitutes and stuff like that with feeling like it's to make you not want other things or to help you with temptation, that's going to fuck you up because then you're, that's like preventing a binge, right? Like we know that that doesn't work mentally. That's going to stop us. So like, so we're going to give in at some point, it's probably going to be bigger than when we were in control of what we were doing. I think for me, I wanted to use like, what do we love about the holidays? The fact that we're eating things we don't usually eat. The fact that we're like indulging, you know, we're with family. We're just, we're all, you know, it's just eating, 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 eating. It is a part of the experience of the holiday. I didn't want to lose out on that. And I didn't want to feel like shit. So I was determined to say like, I'm going to find fun stuff to make and I will bring with me and I will bring enough for other people to have some if they'd like. But I know at the end of the day, I'm enjoying what it is that I'm having and I don't feel like shit at the end of the day. That doesn't mean eat some soggy ass crap that you actually don't like and pretend that you do. That means like I tried and tried until I found things that I liked. It wasn't that hard. You know, like I didn't really go through that many shitty dishes before I found the stuff I liked. but I got excited at the fact that I'm bringing a pie that if I want, I can eat the whole freaking pie. I could have two slices of pie if I want, when I know I would have been guilty about one slice before, or I would have had one slice and still felt like crap and still been farther away from where I want to be in all terms. Why? It didn't mean like, that doesn't mean that you can't taste what's there if you're really curious but you taste one stuffing, you taste them all, right? Unless it's like truly groundbreaking. So I saw someone else's question on here was about like understanding like what's a worth it moment or not. And I think that that's really like takes us being honest with ourselves. You're not forbidden from having a bite of this food. You could have as much as you want. The difference is make it so that it's harder to make that choice. Cause like, why aren't you going to choose food you like that doesn't make you feel like shit? It's just a no brainer at that point versus a clever disguise for your favorite foods. That's when you're going to feel disappointed and feel slighted. Does that distinction make sense to you guys? That subtle change in perspective or thinking about it. Do you, can you tell the, the change in vibe that that might bring as well? And it, it's not common, you know, because we think of health food as not as good food, let's be honest, but that's not the case at all. If you ate something someone made, you wouldn't be like, what ingredients are in this? What kind of flour is used? Like, you would just be like, this tastes good. Great, thanks, loved it. You wouldn't sit there and interrogate and know, I wanna know every single thing that's in it and be like, oh, actually, if it's that kind of flour, I don't like that. After you just tried it and loved it, that's all up here, right? So if you come armed with food you're excited by, because you get to have as much as you want. If you decide to be part of everyone and like have a, a bite of something, you can do that and know that you could have the entire portion where you're going to get full and feel satisfied. You could do that knowing what that other one tastes like, but not feeling like shit at the end of the day. So I'll be quarantining during Thanksgiving. So I am having FOMO. And I feel like that's also been a common theme. I've had people that are like, I just want to order Chinese food and just like eat the shittiest shit I can find. Like, you know what I mean? Shittiest shit. Like, like I just want to dive into a mound of general sows because I am going nowhere and doing nothing for the holiday and everyone else is. 
Anyone else in that boat? It's an understandable boat to be in. But I, I encourage you, look at food that works for us as indulgent too. Like when you guys see the way I cook, I don't just make it try to be fancy, delicious, you know, like really enjoyable, indulgent. I don't just do that for you guys on here. I eat like that. Like I live like that. I want everything I eat to be enjoyable. That has nothing to do with the way something is made up. It has everything to do with the flavor, the texture, the way it's cooked. You've seen me on so many cooking videos saying that. So make a ton of food you love and dive in. Park your ass on the couch in front of the TV. Put on a show you can really absorb and love and just, you know, vibe with. And go to town. Eat, you know, take a break and come back again. It's okay. Like, that is enjoyable and indulgent to me. Not one bite of this sinful pie that I'm going to feel bad about. Like, the fuck is that, you know? I, you know, I, I got some... I got some thickness to me, right? Like, I, I'm not the one that's going to be sitting there dipping my salad into my dressing. And, you know, like, no, fuck that. I want pie, you know? So make your damn pie. Make it good. That's Sammy snoring right next to me. Sorry. Make your pie good and go have at it and have less to think about. So let's see where we're at here. What you guys are saying? We picked really tasty sounding food that still fit the goals. That's it. Because the idea is to think less. So, you, you know, take care of the situation that you usually had to think about the most. Give yourself options. And then just, you know, you're set up for success that way. Um, but also kind of not mad at dodging the holiday stress. You know, I'm not going to lie. That's the camp I'd be in. I'd be like, oh, no, socks. Can't go anywhere. <laughs> you know, like, I guess I'm just going to eat this pie. So that's what I'm saying. Park your ass in front of the couch. Relish in that. You know, enjoy your noshings. Um, absolutely not. I'm making pumpkin cheesecake bars. Yes. Yes. Share the recipe because I want to eat them. Um, so, yeah, that's the goal. Make it fun. If you need help doing that, we're all here ready to friggin' help you do that. You know me. I love chopped. If you tell me I, I don't know what to make that's indulgent, I will tell you, send me a picture of your pantry, of your fridge, send me six random items, whatever. Let's play chopped. So you have resources here. Make it indulgent. It should be fun. It should not just be some sad, healthy alternative, right? It's okay to not want that. So uh, navigating the picking at food that inevitably happens. I would say to yourself, again, ask yourself, like, do I, am I really genuinely curious to see what that item tastes like? Or am I hungry? If you know that your picking tends to be as you're gathering things ready to get like dinner going, have pickings for yourself that you can pick at, feed right into that natural way of being, but have it be stuff that doesn't give you the runs, you know, it doesn't make you puffy. Um, And if you do have stuff that makes you puffy, so be it. Not the end of the world. You know, uh, I think someone else's question down at the bottom was how to be okay with weight gain during the holidays, which kind of feeds into that. Like nobody goes into it like, oh yeah, let me pack on the pounds. But like, should that happen? Does it matter to anybody else? We're always in control of our wants, our needs. So think about it and say like, do I want to just be included in the flavor of this thing and just have a bite and know what it's like and move on? Am I just aimlessly picking because I'm hungry and dinner's not out yet? 
you know, really try to see what the focus is in there. Um, how to tell my family to mind. Oh, wait, sorry, I skipped one. Feel like there are so many parties deciding which one slash when to have worth it moments and when to balance it out and say no. I try to never have worth it moments. And what do I mean by that? I think that worth it moments should be something we work up to being a rare occurrence because a worth it moment is basically saying it is worth a slowdown or a halt in my progress or anything else for the like the potential slowdown or halt because I'm consciously making this decision that it's worth it to take that break, to take that slowdown because my life, my quality of life is important. That's, that's okay. It's okay to do that. But that's a pretty intense thing. To Like, if you have to wonder if it's a worth it moment or a justification, it's probably a justification. And now that's why I'm saying go into this. I say I try not to ever have worth it moments. So that being said, I try to make sure I have things I enjoy eating around me that don't make me have to choose. I make sure that I have like I make sure that I have to want that thing so bad and it's so proprietary and unique to a situation or a day or something or vacation, something makes it so extraordinary that it is worth me putting myself in a bad way. If you don't like now, granted the first year, I didn't like necessarily, I wasn't well planned for everything. I didn't just have food on me all the time. Right. So that's something that also comes with learning and allowing yourself to be at these events and say, maybe I will eat more than I would ideally want to, but that means that I'll learn what I want to bring next time or I'll learn what I should do differently. It's okay, we're not in a rush here, but worth it moments should be very rare because you should be so well stocked with stuff that's exciting that it's hard, like it's like a no brainer to not choose the things that are gonna set you back. That makes sense? And now that being said, check out the worth it questions on the Facebook page and you'll see like, it should be extraordinary, but that doesn't mean that it's either a go without or it's a worth it moment. Make it easier on yourself to enjoy non-worth it moments. And that makes it like the standards a lot higher for what an actual worth it moment is. It becomes easier to distinguish. (laughs) So, okay, cool. Then this is, I'm really excited for this question. How to tell my family to mind their business without coming across bitchy. Oh, those of you who have been with me for a while know I love this question. So basically, there's a few ways you could approach this. Um, one is just to say that, you know, like, let's use what you what you said here. They comment on my food choices, okay? So if they comment on your food choice, my favorite one to set to do is to laugh a little and then change the subject and ask a different question. So they'll be like, are you sure you should be eating that? That's a lot of blah, blah, blah. And you just look at your plate, you look at them you go, <laughs> okay. So how are your kids doing? It. What do people say to that? What do they come back at with that? Like if they're gonna repeat themselves, be like, uh, okay, but didn't you hear me? Like, like they, they will feel so awkward about knowing how to divert the convo back to what they said. Like they'll be so mind fucked by it to be like, that they'll probably just keep going with the new conversation you've started because they won't know how to transition back because it's fucking weird, right? We don't expect that to happen as a response, but it's an inappropriate question. So if they're offended by it at all, right? You can say, 
Well, I mean, I don't think my plate is any of your concern, but I don't want to not talk to you. I've missed you. So I was just asking what's been up. Like, what could they hold on to? You know, like, well, I wanted you to really respond to my criticism of your, like, no matter which way you cut it, it makes them look weird if they try to defend it at that point, right? Because you've not even gotten into dialogue with them about it. You've kind of brushed it off. Like, I won't even dignify that with a response, but I still want to talk. So that's one way to handle it. Another way, if they just keep coming back at you, um, another little Jedi mind trick is if you look in between their eyes and then look up here and look back down at their eyes as they're talking. It is so uncomfortable because they don't know what you're looking at and they don't, they, they don't know how to say like, what are you looking at? You'd be like, I'm looking at you because you are, but they're not gonna be like, why aren't you looking into my eyes? You know, like it makes it, it just kind of causes a shutdown. They just stop talking. So if any, at any point you want somebody to stop talking to you, you look here, you look here and you look back down here. To those of you listening to the recording, you look in the middle of the eyebrows, you look up in the middle of the forehead, you look back down to the middle of the eyebrows and listen to what they're saying. It's, it's amazing how it works. It just disrupts their thought because they're like, what the hell are they looking at? <laughs> so that's the thing. Um, and I think most importantly is to not feel bad about not entertaining this conversation. You are not on display. You're not being judged. You're not being rated. You're not like, you don't owe anybody, even family, any defense of how you live your life. You're an adult. And if somebody wants to hurl their unsolicited criticism at you, you at the very least have a right to ignore it because you didn't ask to be put on display that day. Um, now, if you're saying, how do I get them to stop doing that? That's a different topic because that means you have to voice boundaries and feelings to the people that might not be interested in hearing your boundaries or your feelings. So I think it's really about asking yourself, what do I need to tolerate being around these people? Can I just laugh it off, ignore it, ask them about their kids, see them once a year and feel okay? Or does it actually hurt me that I have to defend myself in this way? Does it take a lot of emotional energy for me to be around these people? Because if that's the case, maybe it's something to talk about, you know, finding a healthy way to assert those boundaries so you don't have to be made to feel uncomfortable. Um, but just know majority of people are not interested in changing their ways or knowing how you feel. They're just interested in not looking bad. So sometimes laughing it off and diverting the conversation away saves you a ton of effort in having to not be gaslit by people because they don't really generally like being called out um, or not. Maybe it's even an environment you might want to work towards not being around in the future if it's that much energy to kind of navigate, right? Um, how to navigate, how to deal with feeling overwhelmed with all of the things like going to the store, getting this done, getting that done. Um, Yasmin wrote, and then my husband will just, will be like, just tell me what I can do to help. And I'm like, ah, now I have to think of a list of ways to help for you to help me. Totally get that. So when that's happening, I'm not going to tell you to make a list, right? Because that's like, you know, how groundbreaking I should just make a list. Do your daily direction. Um, Ashley, I'll text you about that because I know you said you hopped in late. I want everybody to do their daily direction. So I'll explain to you what that is. But do your daily direction during the holiday season because that's going to help with this a lot. 
And then when your husband asks you for help, what you do is you rattle off three things that you have to get done. And you say to him, how can you help me with any of those? And you let him be a grown up and figure out how to help you. Because even if it's not done as well as you do it, it's still going to save you time, stress. It'll still be done good enough. Nothing's going to burn down or fall apart. And at the end of the day, your partner feels like you have, you feel confidence in them with their ability to help you They're They feel like they're helping you not be a, a super stressed, you know, nut, nut job during the holidays, which I have been a super stressed, nut job at many times in the year, especially the holidays. So I feel you. And at the end of the day, it's less shit you got to do. So you won't feel as overwhelmed. Leave it on people. Trust that people can do it in their own way. It's so hard. I understand. I'm not trying to make it sound bad at all because I have struggled with this. But you don't even have to tell him what to do to help you. You just got to say, this is what's got to get done. What can you take off my plate? And as an adult, it's up to the both of y'all to knock it out. And at the end of the day, if they look at you and say, is it that important? Is that serious? Really ask yourself, like, Am I doing this for me, for anyone else? Like, like, do I need to be doing this? Like, am I doing more than really is necessary? Because we always have the best intentions and then realize we're only human with X amount of hours in a day. So ask your partner, give your partner just your list of what's going on and say, what can you do? And then just try to remind yourself that, you know, if you're the only one taking it so seriously and so stressed, then maybe it doesn't really matter to anyone else besides you. And then evaluate, does it need to be on my list of shit to do in the first place? Um, okay. And then lastly, how to deal with the disappointment of weight gain during the holidays. So I started talking about this a little bit before. Basically, remember, I don't know why I'm saying basically before everything I'm saying, but remember that what we are disappointed by, we should know why it is that we're disappointed by it. Is it just, does it matter the most to us rather than anybody else? Is it something we are putting on our plate because we feel bad or like failures or guilty for doing like gaining weight when you have a hormonal imbalance during the holidays? It's not just that you're sitting on your ass eating drumsticks, cranberry sauce and mashed potatoes all day long. You can't just shut your pie hole. We all know that that's not what's going on here. So to be disappointed in gaining weight, why would that be? If you do everything in your power to try and have a good holiday season where you're taking care of your health, you're enjoying your present with your family, right? And at the end of the day, you will get through it healthy, happy, present with your family, feeling okay. And you are at all a different size, despite not doing anything to cause that. It's just a symptom of your illness. Why would you be disappointed in yourself about an illness having a symptom or flaring? If your child had an illness that was flaring during the holidays, you knew every year it always flares during the holidays. You wouldn't be disappointed in them if they flare during the holidays. So give yourself that freedom to say, my priority is keeping my body in as best shape as I can for so many reasons. And if at the end of the day, despite all of my best attempts and efforts, this is what happens, it's nothing I did or to myself, to anyone else. It's nothing I'm a shithead for. It doesn't mean anything. You know, um, I think attraction being synonymous with a weight or a size is the biggest disservice that could ever have been done to us as human beings. Like, 
it it's just so unfair like what people with ironclad metabolisms are the only ones that should be happy this time of year or or think that they're attractive you know people's partners will not see a single change in them really because they see them every day they love them they're used to them like you know like you just you settle into life for a lot of other reasons with someone besides attraction and yet we feel like every little change we see is magnified like it's so much more obvious than it is all that's causing is us to have wasted happiness and time with our loved ones and again easier said than done i'm not saying it's intentional i'm just saying that this is something to focus on you guys are all trying to be elevated beyond what your average person is right you want confidence this ain't chronic modesty academy right you came here because you want to freaking love yourself so throughout this holiday, whatever you do, if you eat the stuffing, if you don't eat the stuffing, if you bring the dish, if you don't bring the dish, have your own back because nothing is worth feeling like shit about, about yourself over. We have time. We got to live these days on earth. Why should we make it unhospitable? Right? So I know it was a very, like, we got three people on this Zoom for the majority of the Zoom. It's probably the lowest attendance we've had on a Zoom in a while, which makes me sad because I feel like with our neurodivergent asses, let's be honest, you don't get as much from a recording. So, but I know that this week is chaos. Um, and I hope that whether it's the three of you guys who stuck this out with me live, or it's the people listening to the recording as me and the coaches badger them to listen to it all week long, whatever the case may be, I hope it helps. I hope we feel a little bit more together and in control heading into this next season because it's not doomsday. You know, we have, we have a choice. We have things we can do here, you know? So I hope it helped. Enjoy, enjoy your week. We are here. Might be limited availability on Thursday. So we'll try to get back to you via text as much as we can. Um, but please do not hesitate to reach out and lean on us for help throughout the season, especially. Okay. You're not alone. So night guys. Bye.